Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got a really cool guest, um, Janet Tremblay. Where to start? Uh, I met her, what? What month was it? Yeah. I I don't even remember. I would just say a few months ago. I mean, we kind of knew each other kind of off and on when, when I bothered attending church because at the time I was meh, not interested in things of God. So um, I think to set the stage, um, I've chosen a poem that I wrote kind of around that time, like going into – Jan and I's first meeting. And then I think what we'll do is, Jan, if you want to kind of take over once that poem is read, kind of, you know, tell the audience kind of how we first met and we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So this one is called Desert Trapes. I remember it like yesterday, the day I went under the knife. The doc swore he'd do all he could to to restore my temporal sight. But in that moment, time stood still. With pokes and prods, I learned heaven's will. Too much scarring, I heard him say. And then a temporal cadaver remained. Everything I once mattered, everything I thought once mattered. My faith once strong, now shredded and shattered. Years I traipsed through that desert waste. Heaven was to blame. Went to church when it was expected. Only to retreat, his message rejected. Yet even still, an ember remained. And if I listened, I'd hear his whisper. Slowly that ember brightened to a spark. Death transformed to life inside my heart. I still lacked temporal vision. But with ears wide open, I've begun to listen. Eternity is just a breath away. And on that day, I'll see the the face of the one who bore the nails and took my place. And that, going into uh, the encounter, at least the first meeting with Jan and, and how we got to know each other uh, was pretty much where I was at. I was kind of walking into that encounter where, you know, why am I here? And so, Jan, I guess if you want to just take over and, you know, tell, go, take it from there. Okay, I will. I remember that um, we were riding up to a beautiful mountain setting in uh, out of Riodoso, New Mexico, to our ladies' conference for church. And Teresa and I and a couple of other friends were riding in the same car. And I remember Teresa was not happy with the lack of signal as we were going up the mountain <laughs> She was involved in, I knew something on her computer, but uh, we talked a little bit about it and thought how, and I'm one that likes to be unplugged, you know, but that's not uh, so much what Teresa likes or is used to at the time anyway. So um, we got up the mountain, we got settled in and uh, the, the hosts of the camp were wonderful and the nice message and and um, I'm not sure. I remember she was walking somewhere across the floor to our table, I think. And I heard her say, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and then she, she took a few more steps and said, that is not a good idea. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> I wasn't really sure what that was all about. But as the time at the conference unfolded, um, she told me what her assignment was from this God that she was getting reacquainted with. And that's kind of where we started. Reacquainted with. That is definitely a uh, apt way to put it. You know, I, I've hinted at it in other episodes, guys. And at the time, uh, I had, you know, this the the the, the piece that I that I chose really described it well because I had pretty much walked away from for about five years because I had about had enough of. You know, and and of everything, of everything, of, of just life, of church, of him. I mean, because I lost my mom and I lost my sight during the same week. And, you know, and so I guess where where I'm thinking as, as I consider and I look back on everything is, Jen, there might be someone kind of in that place where they're like, yeah, I was a Christian, what, what you might call a Christian, but I kind of saw a good taste of what your God is like. So... You know, what would you say to that person? What would you say? That's right. And I think that um, a lot of the starting point is being someone who is a listener and approachable and not prejudging and just see, you know, we all live where we live, right? And and just praying to God about what to say to people. So as I got to know Teresa more, we talked about the things that had that happened at the conference, the some of the the subjects that came up that really struck us, and especially Teresa, right? Kind of what we say in the heart and mm. how God used that time especially to um to to rekindle the relationship. And um it was really I said it was a really precious time for me because um, just to be in on the start of things. And I feel like I'm kind of like the friend that walks beside. And um, the privilege of having this relationship with you, Teresa, because we really can be frank and honest with each other. Yeah. And yeah, that agree. is something that you don't find often. You really and I don't. think it's just um, something that God has given us. I, we sometimes talk about being, you know, iron sharpens iron and she keeps me on my toes. That's for sure. But I have <laughs> enjoyed, I'm enjoying the journey. You know, it's funny because I think that brings up another issue. It's like, it's like for me, I, I know for me, it's like, I can actually be real. I'm not like having to well, I don't really want to cover this, and I don't want to want to talk about this, you know. I, I and I think I, I guess what, what what in recording this, I'm giving the audience a chance to kind of get a picture of um what it looks like. I mean, what does the Christian life look like? I mean, does it look like we're just you know you know the 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 Hallelujah Squad? Or I mean, what does that look like? I mean, and for me. It looks like you're just trying to be real. It just looks like, okay, whether things are going good or they're not, you're just trying to be real. And I think a lot of people kind of look at that and they go, but I can't, I can't go to church. I can't go to God. And I certainly can't go around his people because a lot of things have happened to me and a lot of things I have done. Why would I want to bother going to that? You guys got it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about 
holding your hands out like you're holding a basketball or something and envisioning this great big whirling ball of emotions that we're all made of, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hopes, the dreams, the despairs, everything that we are, uh, you know, if you can envision that and then know that our God, you can't shock him because he already knows everything because um, he's, uh, he invented time. He can, he's past, present, future, and you can't disappoint him. And what he wants to do is to make us whole, make us be in a place where we can stand firm and be comfortable with ourselves and know that there's somebody, our creator, who loves us unconditionally and discovering what that looks like. You know, and, and, and guys, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm still discovering. I've, I've only returned, um, as I would call it, for about, you know, just a few months. Um, <laughs> and I am still discovering there are places where I'm kind of going, yeah, but. And Jen can confirm we've had many a text conversation regarding those yeah, buts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Usually at bedtime for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually that's about the time I can catch her, so it works, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and I am, I, I just want to encourage both the Christian and the non-Christian. To the Christian, look, if you're going through something, I get it. Believe me, been there, done that, bought that t-shirt. I think I may have burned it, or at least I tried. <laughs> um, find someone, you know, find that person or, or ask God to bring them along. Um, because every single Christian needs that person that they can just go, you know what? I just need to talk and I need to be real. And I, I just need that person. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to the non-Christian, look, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a lot of crud that goes on in the church. I get it. A lot of times you, um, there, you know, just like in life, there are uh, people that are on all in all kinds of places in church, at work, uh, all those things. But I, um, am a follower of Jesus and I believe that the Bible is true and there are gems to find in there. And I like the acronym that says Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth. <laughs> and, um, just trying to get a handle on knowing our creator God and who he is to us and what he wants for us. Um, it's all in the book. Find a place where um, you can worship and where the rubber meets the road and people are real. So, um, and he will put people together like Teresa and I, who we help each other out all the time. Oh, yeah. And we have discussions. We tear the scriptures apart and look at them and, and, uh, as I said, uh, keep each other on our toes. <laughs> there are times where she'll throw something at me and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense because of this. <laughs> you know? I do. <laughs> you know? There are times where she'll just, you know, and, and honestly, um, and I, I, I want to kind of address, uh, raise a question, and I just kind of want to get a general answer. Um, for someone that may be kind of looking at, at at this podcast and they're like, well, that's great. You've got a wonderful friendship. But every single time I've tried to approach a friendship, every single time I've tried to be decent with people, uh, I have, I don't do well in trusting people. 
And so how would you how would you um, mm-hmm. address that kind of person? Because I know for a fact there are a lot of people they've gone through life where they've had to just go, you know what? Yeah, bye. I, I, I'm done with trusting. I'm done with everything. W- w- what would you say to that person? Well, I always try to think about the example that Jesus set, and he went around doing good to people. He cured of disease. He was a friend. He did all those things, and then people were willing to talk to him. So sometimes, you know, I, you get to know somebody. You don't just, uh, you know, sometimes you can start a conversation with people, and they're interested, and you can start speaking to them about spiritual things right away. Um, other times it comes up, you know, some, I feel like, uh, who has God put in my neighborhood, if you want to say that, or who do I know around me? So um, I try to be uh, an example of a person who's friendly and approachable and real. And um, then if there comes an opportunity to speak about spiritual things, hopefully um, that person would um, be able to ask questions and we would be able to have a mm-hmm. conversation about uh, about things like this. And, um, you know, I try to have my little gospel ready to tell the short love story of, of what, um, God would want for us. But I try to just really live, I try to be as least hypocritical as possible, (laughs) least hypocrite. I'm not sure if I said that right as possible and be real. And, um, I find that that is helpful makes me more approachable. And I, and I think I think being approachable is huge. I really do. I remember, you know, as I as I think back on on uh, my journey um I don't know why I honestly, I mean, I can remember <laughs> you know, I look back on 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 that camp and I can remember the day where I went up there and I'm like, yeah, I don't even know why I'm here. What am I even doing here? You know, this was Mike's idea. This is not my idea. <laughs> you know, this was, uh, I, he's the one that got yeah. me stuck in this. And, and then, um, but I figured, all right, I'm stuck here. I've got no data, no way to escape, no way to, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then I just started slowly kind of opening up and talking to people and kind of going, yeah, okay, so I haven't had the best relationship, and I'm not on good terms with the father, and that's where it started for me. Um, I don't know where it might start for mm-hmm. whoever might be listening, Um, and I don't know what the situation is. You know, someone might say, well, I can't, I can't believe that, because I can't believe your Bible is real. Or, I can't believe that, yeah. because I can't believe in a good God. There's obviously not one. Look at all the the crud that goes on. You know, so right. start where you're at. At least that's kind of my 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 first thought. I mean, what mm-hmm. what do you think? Well, that's where we have to start, right? Where we're at. You know, there's um, what else are you going to do? I know I was thinking of my own personal journey with the Lord and started way back in 1978 that I really decided to follow Christ. And 
I thought about it through the years. You know, I did a lot of things that I was supposed to do. I'm basically not too exciting a person. I'm one of those people, you know, sometimes people, women are daring or they're beautiful or they're, uh, live on the edge or whatever. And my people would have described me as nice. So, you know, it's like, man, I wanted to be a little more exciting than that, but I'll take it. Right. But you know, through the years, um, I would learn a little bit more about him and I would, you know, teach Sunday school and do all those kind of things. But I have to say that it wasn't until 1990, about 1990, that Jesus became more than just a savior so I could go to heaven and really became my Lord and somebody I paid a lot more attention to um, for what he wanted for my life. And I really thought a lot about, you know, is this something that's real because I'm busy and I don't want to waste my time if it's not. And God seems to use everything in my life to answer questions about him. And he did some things in my life that just weren't natural, that wouldn't have happened without some kind of a supernatural um, helper. And so, um, and his word is alive and I would discern more from that. So, um, over the course of time, you know, I just grew stronger and stronger in knowledge and discernment. And he was, I, you know, my life did a lot more things. And so, you know, some people have conversions that are just one day they were uh, dying of uh, heroin overdose and then, and then they were saved of everything. And mine wasn't like that, you know, but, but God works in many, many different ways. And, um, I believe that if you call out to him, he'll answer you. You know, if you're searching, you're seeking, um, I believe that God has somebody to bring along your pathway, um, that will, that can help you like he did for Teresa and I. And even though I've been walking this road a long time, a little longer, I think, than Teresa, um, there's still a lot to learn. I've decided you can never be <laughs> bored with God because there's always more. There's always more and deeper. And you know, and it's funny because um, I'll just tell you the the uh, the the because you know before I came to the conference and before I came uh, to my place of return, I had walked with the Lord for fifteen years, okay, uh, or at least well about maybe ten, yeah, somewhere around there, you know, and I had kind of gotten to know Him and I kept trying to figure them out and uh, the Lord had some uh, interesting situation situations where he kind of was like, I'm real. Uh, the supernatural is real and you better figure out where you stand. You better figure out what you think on this matter because it matters. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know that there are probably a lot of people out there that are going, Maybe I am searching, and maybe I want to know, but I can't really trust God. And how do you know that that all these things that you talk about are just coincidences? Right, right. Well, there it comes to be a pattern. You know, I remember um, having a conversation one night with the Lord, where I said, "Lord, I feel like um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going every week. I'm doing what I should be doing, but I want more of a relationship with you. I want to be like, I couldn't think of anybody other than Billy Graham. I said, I want to be like Billy Graham with you. I want to be able to pray and ask you things and say, and I want to hear your answer back. And I, I said, but I don't know where to start, Lord. What do I do? What do I do? And so I said, you've got to tell me because I don't know. And and I felt in, you'll hear people say felt in my spirit. It's not an audible voice, but um, God's Holy Spirit said um, in my in my spirit, he said, uh, read my word. And I thought to myself, hey, I can do that that I can do that. And so there came a season where I just was able to devour it and understand it. The Holy Spirit is the illuminator of the word. And it made all the difference in my life. It gave me great understanding about who God is and who I was, all those things. And so that's the way that he brought me back when I was calling out to him. He uses different ways for different people. He knows how we're all formed. And, um, one of the big questions I had for a lot of times was why, why did somebody have to die for me? Did you ever think you that? Know, Teresa? I, I, I did. There were times when I kind of was like, yeah, but why? I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of a harsh way to, that's kind of a vicious way to, to, to even, I mean, cause the Romans weren't exactly nice. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were mean. They were vicious. They were brutal. No. I mean, come on. Isn't that just a little harsh? So, yes. So in discovering the why of that, of this um, man who was supposed to be fully man and fully God, Jesus, who came from heaven, I um, learned the why of it. And um, if it's all right with you, with you, Teresa, I'd like a few minutes just to do a simple please. gospel message. The gospel means the good news, yeah, and it told please. me the why. Be my guest. Um, okay. Well, we know. Oh, well. Um, God, who is the creator of heaven and earth, his home is in heaven. Heaven, a place where there is no sin. Because, you know, if you, in your house, hopefully you can dictate who can come in and who not, who doesn't come in. And that's God's house. God's house. God created all of us. And he loves us. And he tells us in the Bible, he's not willing that any should perish. But we have a problem because we were born with what they call a sin nature. And you know for yourself that... Um, you know, none of us are perfect. We all fall short. And so that means that we cannot live in the place where God is because we're what we're, we sin. So we're called sinners and God had a problem and we had a problem, but he already had a solution. The Bible says for, from the foundations of the earth, Christ died for us. Now, why did he have to die? Well, um, the Bible says in Roman, I, I'm sorry, in the book of Hebrews, that there is no atonement or there's no making right of sin without the shedding of blood. And if you know, if you have heard the story of the uh, creation when he created man and woman, and then they ate, they disobeyed God and did what he told them not to do, you know, eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, they decided to be independent of God and go their own way. And there was temptation there and things like that. But they um, decided to hide themselves because God always walked for them. You'll read in Genesis in the cool of the evening. He walked with them and they could speak and everything. But um, they hid themselves and they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, which are big and kind of hairy. And, and I'm sure they did the best they could. And God came along and said, Adam, 
where are you? And he knew where Adam was, but it's like, where's your head? And he said, well, we knew that we were naked, so we clothed ourselves. Well, anyway, they tried to cover up their sin, their, their disobedience their way, but God thought that sin was so awful. Um, it does lead to death. They didn't die that day, but something did because he closed the, he clothed them with skins, with animal skins. And you know what happens when you take the skin off of an animal, right? So blood was shed even way back in the Garden of Eden. And that was the first substitutionary mm. death that we see in the Bible. So we know that um, he says in his word that the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So how does that happen? The gospel means the good news. So here we are, we're sinners. Um, God wants to be with us. We hopefully want to be with him, but there's this great chasm there, this great gap. So God himself came down, um, God the Son, and um, asked his father to pour him in the form of a little child, make for me a body, it says also in Hebrews. And so God came down, and we know that he was born at um, some time. We celebrate his birth at Christmas. That might not be the exact date, but that doesn't really matter. We know that there are many, many accounts of history of the life of Jesus. He, he was born in Bethlehem. He grew up. Um, when he was about 30, he started his ministry with people and told us all about God the Father and who he was. And um, you might know a little bit of the account where he um, was arrested and put on trial. And there was a great, I'm sure we'll cover this in other times, but there were the, the, People who were the leaders of the Jews were afraid that he would take over and didn't believe that he was Messiah. So anyway, Jesus was crucified, and that means that he was sacrificed for us. Now, a sacrifice had to be perfect. It had to be without blemish. It had to be without sin because Jesus is God and Jesus is man. He was the only one that could do it for us. So when he shed his blood on the cross— um, blood was spilled for our sin. And on that cross, it also tells us in the Bible account that all the sins, past, present, and future were poured upon him. Um, and he paid the sin price for us. So, of course, he was taken down from the cross and buried, came alive the third day. So today his job is he, uh, the Bible tells us, he sits at the right hand of his father, God, and he intercedes for us. He pleads for us. And so that is the gospel, the good news, that if we accept Christ as Savior, and it's only a prayer um, that we make, yes, please um, be my Savior. I'm a sinner. I qualify for a Savior. And... Um, you know, I'm sorry for what I've done and turn my, help me turn my life around and not sin. It's that simple and that difficult. Um, God wants us to accept the work of his son in the great price that he paid so that we could be with him in heaven and we are saved. So, Teresa, that is a very basic um, gospel. It's very simple. It's very difficult. It's like a gift that somebody gives you. But if you don't accept the gift, the, you have to accept it. Yeah, and it, I, I can, right? I, you know, I know there's a so lot of objections to that 
gospel, and I would like to uh, mm-hmm. raise a couple right. of them, uh, if, if if you don't mind. You know, well, wait a minute. I'm a, I'm a good person. I mean, I, I, I mean, come on. I mean, you're talking about the sin stuff, and <laughs> I haven't killed anybody. I I don't. I'm not out there on the. I'm not making headline news with doing stupid stuff. I'm a good person. Well, have you ever stolen time from work? Have you ever um, uh, had murderous thoughts about people, even if you didn't say them? Have you ever taken an extra cookie when your mom didn't want you to? You know, have you ever um, uh, taken God's name in vain? You know, it's it, we. I don't know that good people aren't perfect people all the time, right? And really, it's just that when we all st- are standing in line, you know, waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, the stereotypical going up to St. Peter. Go- what the question that God the Father is going to have is, what have you done with my son? Have you acknowledged mm-hmm. his work on the cross for you? Have you acknowledged what he's done? And so I'm a good person. Yes, I am. You know, I'm a pretty good person, but I know I'm not perfect. <laughs> so... Uh, Anyway, that's no, I don't think that anybody can honestly say that they are perfect. That's God's standard. Be perfect because I'm perfect. Mm. Be holy because I'm and holy. The, and the other, I mean, there's plenty of other questions. And and again, guys, um, I have always encouraged, and I do mm-hmm. encourage, if you have questions, send them to us. I, you know, if I will do my best to answer, or I will have the, or I will forward them to the guests and have them uh, try and give an answer. That's, that's my heart, you know. And so, um, mm-hmm. uh, the next, the, the fu- next and final question, at least on, on on the gospel area, is, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, I know the Christian message, you know, talks about sending people to hell, and so, um, mm-hmm. if God is such a good God, why would He send someone there? I mean, come on, that's that isn't that just a little ridiculous? Well, God d- did not prepare hell for people. He prepared it for his great enemy, who we call Satan, and who was created by God as the chief cherub, an angel of, um, uh, to be, you know, the angels are, the host of heaven are God's servants, and he rebelled against God, and he was cast out of heaven. And so um, that's really basic for, uh, we have a great enemy who hates God and anything that has to do with God. And so hell was, is, was prepared for him. Um, you know, when we pass on, when we die, the Bible says that we will, um, go somewhere because we're eternal beings. So we already talked about the qualifications for getting into heaven. And so there are, uh, you know, there are two places that we can go. God did not prepare hell for us. It says that he, was not willing that any should perish, but it's, he also gave us choice. We have choice. We can choose him or we can choose, um, whatever we want to. Um, so it's, I believe though that, that it is worthy of, um, this subject is worthy of you checking it out and searching it and, and making sure for yourself. So as I said, and Teresa said, answering any objection, we'll, we'll find yeah, answers that's, that's, and we'll try yeah. anyway. I mean, and guys, so, I mean, mm-hmm. if I have not 
answer or ask the question, the objections that you have to the gospel, whatever they happen to be, please feel free to write me or contact me. I, I, I will do my very best uh, to answer them. And if I can't, I will bring in the person to get those answers. That That's the goal and the heart of this uh, podcast. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah, what, you want to say something, Jen? I was going to say I like the title Unresolved to resolve these issues so that um, you have them in your yeah. – you have them straight mm -hmm. in your mind. You. Know yeah, the answer. and that's, your, that's your honestly answer. the goal mm -hmm. here. So, um, Jen, I am, I just, I know we could probably talk for hours on hours, and I and I know you know th this podcast could go probably long, and but I just wanted to say thanks for coming on board, and uh, thanks for uh, joining me, and this has been real fun. Well, I I enjoyed it too. Thank you, Teresa. Not a problem. Guys, this has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. Hey, if this conversation has been stirring to you guys, if this conversation has given you some food for thought, would you please do me a favor and uh, subscribe, bleh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and then share it. Share it on your social networks, on the various socials, and you can find us at unresolved.life, or, or we will be on we are on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash unresolved life. Also, twitter.com forward slash unresolved life. So, with that, I'm Teresa, and we'll speak again next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.